This is Carl. This is Mark. And this is Sarah. And this is Retrograding. Yes, this is Retrograding, the show where three 90s kids give adult looks to our favorite childhood movies. This week, we're taking a look at Lilo and Stitch to see if our nostalgia is warranted. Now, given that this movie came out in 2002, some of you may be wondering why it qualifies, uh, given that I was 14 at the time it came out and on my way to high school. Uh, we have a very simple rule as to what qualifies for the podcast. Is it the rule, I do what I want? Th that is a bit of it, yes. Uh, though the, the hard line in the sand we make is it had to be released on VHS. The last movie to do so was uh, A History of Violence, and it came out in 2005. We so this probably is well before that cutoff. shouldn't review that one, though. Oh, no. It's, no, I'm not nostalgic for it. <laughs> I didn't like it. I don't, I don't ever want to watch it again. <laughs> Why don't we get started on Lilo and Stitch? Now, I brought it forward, meaning I have to do this game that I invented that I hate because I can never win it. So, it's a 60-second synopsis going through the plot of the film. I tried this out several times, and I think it takes about 70 seconds to do. But I'm going to try my best. Do you guys have a timer? Um, I will in a second, and go! Dr. Juma Jakimba is arrested and put on trial for his genetic engineering, including a living creature by... Built for destruction, experiment 626. 626 is supposed to be exiled by Captain Guntu, but escapes, steals the ship, and makes a warp jump without navigation, causing him to crash land on Earth. The Galactic Federation dispatches Jumba on Earth um, and Earth expert Agent Pleakley to go retrieve him. Meanwhile, on Earth, a young woman named Nani is struggling to take care of her young sister, Lilo, after the death of her parents. A social worker named Bubbles takes special interest in the family, threatening to take Lilo away unless her situation improves. The girls fight and sues Lilo. They adopt a dog, which, which Lilo named Stitch, who is actually 626, pretending to be a canine in order to escape his captors. Nani tries to find a job, and Lilo tries to train Stitch, both of which fails, leading Bubbles to set a deadline for Lilo to be removed. This all comes to a head when the captors are fired and go after Stitch without restrictions, leading Lilo's house exploding. Bubbles takes her, but she escapes, and while she and Stitch fight, Gunto arrives and takes them both. Stitch escapes and re reconciles with Jumba, Pleakley, and Nani to lead a re rescue party for her after a safe return. The council has arrived, takes Stitch away, impressed by his progress and Lilo's Done. adoption paperwork. They order Stitch to be exiled on Earth with Nani and Lilo as his guardians, making them a protected family. Film ends with a montage of their lives with a new alien Ohana. It took you 72 seconds. Yeah... Yeah, I made some flubs in there, for sure. I think I got to 70 before with a straight run-through with no mistakes. But yes, I have failed the game. You are correct. I apparently can't do this game that I invented. Also, I think you pronounced <laughs> some of the characters' names wrong. Probably. Uh, which ones? Gantu? Uh, Gunta. I pronounced it wrong, <laughs> but I did write it down correctly. Okay. No, it's Gantu! His name it is, is Gantu! Gantu. Even if oh, you, wrote you know it, what? That means you wrote I wrote it down, it down quickly, and the U's look like A's and reverse. <laughs> it's G A N T U. Gantu. Gantu. Sure. Yes. All right, let's, 
Let's get into long form. What did you guys see as adults that you missed as children? So I will say this came out the year I graduated from high school, so I didn't see it as children. All right. What did you see now <laughs> several years after the first but time you saw it? it has been, what, like 15 years since it came out? Yes, correct. Yes. So that's a good chunk of time. It sure is. A lot has happened, I would imagine. That is I, a full life of a teenager. One of the first things I saw was... After just reviewing Tarzan last week, which had the, I mean, it was a jungle, so it was kind of similar background, but this one was a lot more watercolor style than, and Tarzan was more realistic looking background. I don't know if anybody else pays attention to that, but that was something that I picked up on right This is another one where the background was done in a different style than the characters, right? They, They actually did the background in kind of these picture watercolor sort of things, I think. Yeah, I think for both one or for both movies, it definitely fits the theme that they're trying to set. So for the watercolors, it kind of makes an idyllic paradise, wherein the jungle is meant to look more wild and untamed. Yes, I think I will <laughs> say for the first good fifteen minutes throughout the whole trial, a lot of my notes are just, "Oh, look at all these cute background characters." <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you mean all of the overweight people that Lilo takes photos of no, and collects as a really about? weird Not hobby? on Earth, during the courtroom scene. All oh, the cute little okay. aliens. Yes, I, I, background characters is what you said, but aliens also make sense. They're background characters during they are the background court characters. scene. <laughs> yes. Uh, one thing that I really enjoyed in this, because you don't see it in a lot of sci-fi, and it should happen more often is the sense of scale changes based on the alien race. Oh, yeah, like, Gantu is Go- huge. Gantu? Yeah. Gantu <laughs> is Gunta. enormous compared Gunta. to Stitch, and he, at one point, he points his gun at Stitch. The barrel of his gun is the same size as Stitch. It is that enormous. Yeah, I think that's really good. I also love the design for the weapons, because it's, it's kind of like a laser goop that they are shooting. And it's just, I've never seen that before, and it works really well. Would you say plasma, maybe, uh, instead of laser? laser uh, I prefer laser goop, oddly <laughs> enough. Um, yeah, my first, well, my first note that isn't about, like, well, I put a note about how the spaceship thing that they bring its stitch in on has a face on it. It looks like a beetle. Yes. Uh, it reminded me a lot of a uh, Zap Brannigan ship. Oh. <laughs> The Nimbus. <laughs> exactly so. Oh, and when he when Stitch escapes from that ship, apparently he steals the one red cruiser that they have in the entire fleet. Because he is chased by like 50 other cruisers who are always just like generic cop car. It's interesting, and you don't see it as much in movies. Especially, normally it's a little subtler. But it is something you see a lot, like having a background in theater, is you do a thing where you do slight changes in color or something so you can be like, yes, this is the character I have to focus on. This is the lead. And they kind of did that with the cars, where, yes, this is the lead car. This is the car I must focus on. Yes, the hero is always in red. Look for the red, you found the hero. That's true in a lot of movies. Yeah, I think it's just because it's an eye-catching color. I think like half my notes are just like these one-liner things that I thought were hilarious. There's so many really good ones. I loved 
every part of this movie. I, you should be able to glean from that what my rating is going to be. Yes. I will save it, but like, I couldn't find fault in this film. Now, to its credit, it's a very short film, uh, and the story is really not that complex, but like, uh, it gives the characters so much depth within that very simple story. Uh, to me, I compared it to some notes you see on like a food network show, where some people can do really complex meals, and that works, but other people can do really simple meals well, and they can also win with that. I think this movie is the equivalent of a simple meal done very well. And, and I was thinking about this last time, because it's about the same length as Tarzan, and for like 80s and 90s, hour and a half was pretty common. That was the pretty standard thing. At what point did we start being okay with this movie is three hours long. We're okay with that. Because at in like the 90s, I think the Lord of movie, the Rings. Oh, Lord of the Rings. Really <laughs> um, but like the, in the 90s, the one movie I could think of was like, oh, Titanic. And it was this huge oh, thing because they had yes. to put it on two VHSs. <laughs> and now it's just, if it's if it's less if it's less than two hours, it's barely a movie. Well, mm, I don't know if that's quite correct. Uh, I think children's films by far oh, yeah. hit that 90 minute mark pretty much dead on. And I think that's true for a lot of like the animated films now. I don't know where Frozen comes in or like movies like The Smurfs and Trolls come in. Uh, <laughs> Frozen is 90 minutes, but feels like three hours. Yeah, I think for adult films, the standard was two hours, but it has increased over the years. I feel like it could possibly be a budgeting thing that as studios have more money, then they're able to produce longer films. Yeah, especially for animated features. But shorter ones are also easier to edit. And again, to your point, animated features, especially when they are hand-drawn, take a lot longer to make, so it's easier to make them shorter. And maybe it is the thing with talking about the VHSs now that we've got DVDs and Blu-rays, the fact that you're not going to have to produce them on two different things things you can just stick them all on one disc maybe that change for distributors they don't mind having longer movies maybe but let's give back to lilo now that we've gone through the whole history of dvds (laughs) uh and i agree it's going to be hard to pinpoint things to talk to talk on because normally we talk on things we find wrong and there's very little that went wrong in this film well i don't know in tarzan things didn't go wrong it was just things that carl and sarah didn't agree on so they wanted That's to yell at fair. each other there are some things i i wrote down that i had problems with only one is a real problem one or mostly things that i'm just like huh and my first one is the fact that they talk about how he's basically immune to everything except the plasma gun yeah i don't know because he caught the plasma at one that's point. true he does catch and he throws it back but until he does that until he does that at the very end he seems it's, he's kind he's of Fireproof, he's bulletproof, I think Jumba has a an explanation for it when they go hunting for him, where a straight shot from one of their plasma rifles will knock him out long enough. It doesn't okay. kill him, right. but it knocks him out long enough for capture. But I have the list of everything at, at that they gave At the end of the movie, him. Nani hits him with a tree branch and it knocks him over and he's dazed for a few seconds too. A so little bit, it's... but he's not like knocked out. It takes two <laughs> semi-trucks to knock him out it's earlier true. in the film. Is Nani just from the Tarzan school of being magic? (laughs) Yes, magical realism. Uh, But 
the abilities that they give him is he is bulletproof, fireproof, he can think faster than a supercomputer, he can see in the dark, and he's got super strength. But he is too uh, dense plus to Plus a whole host of other abilities that develop as the film goes on. Uh, he starts with four arms, and he can go down to two. He's got retractable antennae. Uh, let's see. He has super hearing, and his only weakness is that he's so molecular dense that he cannot swim. So what was some of your other errors or faults with the film? Oh, well, I'd have to find them as we... So I had something that I, it wasn't a huge thing for me, <clears throat> but as as most of our listeners may know by now, that Pixar and Disney like to hide the A113 number yeah. in their I films. Found I found it twice, which is oh. interesting because it was on two different license plates on two different vehicles. So apparently two vehicles have exactly the same license plate. The DMV is fired. Yeah, they have poor record keeping. So it was on the fire truck when the house explodes, and then it was also on the giant tanker truck that Stitch drives around. Oh, it, I believe it's also the one that hits him. It may have been. So three cars have the same <laughs> same license plate. <laughs> uh, so why don't we talk about some of the characters in this? Because I loved Pleakley, because he's a type of character that comes up a lot, and I think they did it pretty well in here, uh, given that it is voiced by I have got the it guy here from somewhere. Kids in the Hall. It is the guy from Kids in the Hall. He also has a name that is somewhere. <laughs> you mean the guys from Kids in the Hall have ma- names? I thought it was just the guy from Lilo and Stitch, the guy from News Radio, and those other guys. Is that not how that goes? Uh, it's pretty much how that goes. Okay. I had this up. I feel if, embarrassed that I no if longer we're doing have pictures, this up. I'm gonna send you guys a picture. And Carl said he was going to try to figure out why I needed to screenshot this. So, the name we were looking for is Kevin McDonald. Yes, there he's from go. Kids in the Hall. He's the very um, light-voiced one. Okay, so we have a little alien here who kind of looks like if Piglet was an alien. <gasps> That's exactly why I <laughs> screenshotted him! Because <laughs> I was like, this character is just Piglet without a nose, right? It's yeah, just it, Piglet without a It note. definitely is. I mean, Disney is known for recycling some of their characters with only slight changes, and I think this is one of those cases. Is this why you're looking at all the background characters, Sarah? Well, I, no, because I, I did them because it's like you have Gantu and you have the leader of the, the Galactic Empire, or whatever it's called in this, and they're like huge and majestic, and then all of the background characters are these like tiny little stuffed animal like creatures yeah i mean they're supposed to be minuscule so you don't focus on them the the other picture you have sent us is more red shirts from gantu's ship they look like you could make figures out of them and sell them to small children yeah one is kind of a darker tigger one looks to be a porcupine and the other looks like a cross between a hippo and a rhino they're adorable and and my favorite one was though in gantu's ship just the like the lady who's doing all of the navigation and giving him all of like answering all his questions is like this little armadillo creature and i love it (laughs) and i want stuffed versions of all of them yes uh to go back to what i was talking about pleakley the reason i liked him is he it's the type of thing that comes up a lot and can be done good or done bad in this movie it's done very well where you have an alien who is a quote-unquote Earth expert, whose all of his information on Earth is completely incorrect. Where did he get that, like, what are those called? The flip thing. Um, the, like, the viewfinder. Oh, oh, the viewfinder. Yeah. I think that was from one of his expeditions onto Earth. It's explained at the end 
Because, Did, so Bubbles oh, gave him yes, that? Bubbles, Bubbles would have given it to him because Bubbles he was... saved the Earth by convincing them that mosquitoes were an endangered species. I know species. Had Bubbles had convinced him that. I didn't know if he gave him the viewfinder that looked like it was from the 1940s. Well, he must, I must love have. that as a reason why they can't explode the Earth to eliminate Stitch is that the Earth has a protected species of the mosquito and humans are its primary feeding source. Pleakley is very, he's very stupid, but he's very earnest yeah and he's he's kind of also like the by the book character he's the good cop of the bunch he's even just though not he very can't good at being the good uh, jumba at all well he's like you have a lot of movies where a person who is like the they work for like a real cool organization but they're like office staff and they get called up to a job they should not be doing and that's kind of pleakly because he's talking about the fact that oh i'm the expert on earth i don't do any actual thing beyond that and she's like no you're gonna go and she's like no, 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 this is not my job. Though he gets real beat up on this mission. You would think heady. if they have an expert on the planet, though, everyone except him pronounces it as Earth. You would think that some of them would have picked up on the actual pronunciation at some point. Well, it may just be a case where the universe thinks it should be pronounced one way, and we just disagree because we live here. So, Mark, is it Spain or España? Is it yes. Germany or Deutschland? Exactly. <laughs> but but Pleakley getting beat up a lot goes to one of my problems with this movie. And, it, like, it's a problem that doesn't matter. But there are so many moments when Nani should have noticed something was not right with what's going on. The first one is when the shoot shooting star falls and she's like... Okay, I'll just, oh, my sister wants to have a shooting star. I'll be obnoxious about it and not, hey, that doesn't look like a shooting star. That looks like an explosion like half a mile from our house. And then like when Pleakley's getting his head eaten and she's like, my dog is, instead of being like, she's like, oh, my dog's attacking. This is bad. Instead of an entire person's head is in my dog's mouth. This should not be happening. This, this okay. is not normal. Though if we want to talk about stupid people in this film, uh, Nani and the pet store owner should have realized he Stitch is not a dog because he is blue. I've oh. never met a blue dog. Well, and he didn't bring, he had his, all four of his arms when he was brought to the dog pound. Or, yes, or and his antenna out. Yes, so Yeah, there's, there's a lot of times where like, Oh, people are real dumb. Yeah, I think, uh, though for me, that happened so early in the film that you kind of just have to forget about it. I also noticed that none Suspension of the main of characters change yeah. outfits for the entire movie. That is yeah, um, that's pretty standard for cartoons. And, and these are just yeah. like minor things that I noticed. They don't, they didn't bother me more than just like writing it down. There is one that did bother me, but we'll get to it later. And, uh, and in the Fet Shop, I mentioned this in the pre-show, but I still loved the physical comedy moment oh. they have when they buy Stitch because La Nani is there with Lilo. They're talking to the woman to, to adopt it. She tells him it takes $2 uh, to adopt the dog. Nani has already handed her $2, but Lilo insists on paying it by herself. So she goes up to Nani. Uh, and they're both standing at a, a counter that uh, Lilo can barely see over. So Nani takes the money back. Lilo asks, can I borrow $2? She hands the money to, to Lilo. Lilo tries to reach, but can't. 
hands the money back to Nani, hands it back to the shopkeeper, and they get their paperwork. And I, I said something about this last time about like realistic human interactions. And this is a very realistic thing for a kid to be like, I want it, I want it to be my dog, so I have to pay for it. But I have no money. How do I get money? <laughs> well, I obviously ask my guardian. And, and the concept of, well... If I have it, it's now my money. It's how they think of it. Also, where can you go to adopt a dog that's $2? Hawaii, apparently. Apparently, because everyone else is like a good hundred bucks at the cheapest. Yeah. Now, another thing that I thought was very realistic in this film, uh, it reminded me a lot of the, um, the relationship between the Marsh Boys uh, in The Goonies, where this is a very realistic sibling relationship where Nani is super stressed because she has been given the responsibility of having basically a daughter and her little sister after her parents have passed, and they fight almost constantly. Although it did, I still, what bothers me is I cannot figure out how old these characters are supposed to be. I tried to Google it. I did not like the ages they gave me. The ages they gave me did not make sense. Because the ages they told me were that Lilo is supposed to be six and Nani is supposed to be 19. I will believe Nani is 19. Yeah, I do I would not buy believe, that. I do not believe Lilo is six. The only thing that she does that is realistic as a six year old is they ride small child bikes. <laughs> but this <laughs> is tricycles. a child who can, like, and yeah, it's a cartoon and suspend disbelief, but she is able to completely nail shut a door, stick a bunch of stuff on the stove, uses the word abomination correctly, and is left on her own constantly. A six-year-old is, like, in kindergarten. I would believe her more as, like, eight or nine. Yeah. I would, I would say that's fairly accurate. Although the leaving her alone has nothing to do with her age. That's just because people leave her alone, so it's not her fault. Well, yeah, it's because Nani is trying to make money, and it's very difficult to but do remember, this. But remember, it's not just leaving her at home. There's sometimes when she's, like, they're in town, and she's like, oh, here's some money, just go wander off, just don't leave town. Right. You don't do that with a six-year-old. <laughs> that's that's fair. I would Even buy, in like, a tiny town. nine-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, though you brought up some very distinct points where Lilo is a troubled child. Oh, that th this goes back into my one thing that really bothered me is there are definitely things now thinking as an adult that I'm like, this family is messed up. This this family, like, we're supposed to believe, oh, they're a little weird and they're struggling, but we really want to root for them. I'm like, Lilo might be a, like a sociopath. There are certain things she does where she has no regret and no emotion for anyone. She is just blank-faced going nuts. You mean her like, voodoo dolls in a pickle jar? No, the, the voodoo dolls is fine. The, the fact that... <laughs> That's fine? <laughs> what is your standard? Well, I mean, that is a joke works. It's it's everything be up to that point is the fact that, and it, it goes back to how old is she supposed to be? If she's six and she's kind of throwing this tantrum because she's mad at her sister and she's mad at her her not friends, it would make sense that she doesn't quite understand the fact of what a social worker is. If we put her more at 10, which makes more sense with what she does for the rest of the movie, the fact that she knows the social workers there, knows kind of what it's, and it seems like they've talked about it before. They've had multiple social workers before then, it seems like. Yeah, because she talks about it. Oh, the other social workers, blah, blah, blah. She knows well, and what the consequences are. he even says, I'm the yeah. one they call when it goes wrong. Yeah, and, and, so she, and Nani says something about, oh, the other social workers just thought she was hilarious or something like that. But if she knows what the consequences are, the fact that when Cobra Bubbles gets there the first time and she's straight up sabotaging them, but then she's like, no, I really, really don't want to get taken away. Then why are you doing this, you nonsense child? 
Because I don't think she realistically knows the consequences. I think she's been through several social workers and she's still living with Nani. I don't think it's real to her that she can be taken away. But there's no other point in the movie where she acts up when other people are there. The rest of the movie, she only kind of has her breakdowns when it's just her and Nani. And when they're in public, she's like, at least... Well, that's fair, but she's also having a breakdown in her own just, home. But that's the problem is I don't know how old this kid is supposed to be. And that really affects whether she's or not... Some ambiguous age. She shifts between <laughs> six and nine. Which makes it really hard to determine if she's just being a small child, not understanding what's going on and throwing kind of a tantrum, or if she's literally a budding sociopath. Uh, it could be I would either. err on the side of sociopath, given that, like, when we are introduced to her, uh, she is going to a dance class, uh, and during the dance class, one of the little girls calls her oh, weird, I think, and she jumps on her immediately and bites her arm and to be and fair punches what her in the face what she says <laughs> is really weird because what she says is pudge the fish controls the weather and yeah. the other girl is just like that's nuts which it is nuts i think that's adorable for a kid though but like she goes rabid yes that's fair but, like, I think that's adorable. I loved Lilo's story about how she didn't have peanut butter. Oh, uh, no. Her sister wanted adorable. her to get tuna, but do you know what tuna is? It's fish. That that whole story, up until the point she has a meltdown and tries to bite someone, is hilarious. It's cute. It's funny. Yes. When she immediately snaps, snaps and tries to eat someone is where <laughs> you're like, oh, no, this child has issues. It does cross a certain line. Yes, I would agree. And I think my problem is... I think it kind of parallels Stitch, though, because he is supposed to be the ultimate evil destruction tool, and then they are able to bond together, and they both become less Less evil. evil. (laughs) Yes, I think there's definitely parallels between the two characters, and I think a lot of that was intentional, uh, where they are growing together, and part of it is that Stitch uh, is designed to go to big cities and destroy them but he's landed on an island where there is no big cities so he has to discover what his purpose is because apparently honolulu is not a big city they're not i don't not, i think they're, they're on honolulu. one of the smaller islands are they on, they are on one, one of the yes. yeah they're on one of the smaller islands yes he would destroy honolulu in a heartbeat they're on one of the outer islands the, mark they're on a small enough island that stitch can take a big wheel to the entire How thing in the course We've of the We've already day. established that he has crazy superpowers, though, Lilo, so maybe he's well, just really fast. Guess if we're going with, like, Lilo is possibly mentally ill and living in a delusional world, she would not have any problem with the fact that Stitch is taking her all over the island. Because she seems not bothered by the fact that, hey... We suddenly got from both ends of the island. And somehow her dog can pedal a bike. Yeah, though I can kind of accept that given the tragedy that that family has gone through and how it may have happened at an age where she was very fragile and didn't quite understand what was going on. They don't say how long it's been. They don't say how long it's been. And all we know about the accident is what Lilo tells us, which is... They went driving and it was raining, which is all you would tell to a child uh, to explain how the parents died without going into a lot of detail. Because there had to have been something else because it was raining, they went for a drive, makes the parents sound real dumb. But this goes back to my other big problem as an adult looking back on this. I don't necessarily think Cobra Bubbles was wrong when he said that maybe what was best for Lilo 
was being taken away from Nani. No, I, I don't. I would agree with that. Because Nani is not handling it. And in no. the end, no. the only way she ends up handling it is by getting help from three aliens, David <laughs> and Officer Bubbles. They need, like, an army to raise Lilo. Agreed. Like, if this movie ended with her and Lilo and Stitch, just them three living together, I don't think she could manage it. Oh, no. They need the other two people of Pleakley and... Jumta, Jumba, 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 <laughs> uh, living with them as kind of surrogate uncles to balance the load of raising a up child. Up until the last fifteen minutes of the movie, they kept trying to like murder people. Yeah. Yes, and that uh, that is probably the one fault I found with it because up until this point, they've been chasing and trying to knock out Stitch. Where in one conversation, Stitch convinces them, no, let's be friends. Let's go save Lilo. But Pleakley does is like, this is the fact that you're doing this is nonsense. Like, um, and but no. Like- I, I could see uh, Jumba being uh, convinced because he's created Stitch. He's kind of Stitch's father. But there are certain things that like, as a kid made me really feel emotionally attached to the characters of, oh, I want these siblings to stay together. I want the family to work out and blah. That as an adult just made me frustrated. Where, yeah, you're not sure that you want them to be together because Nani's not really thriving in this environment. Yeah, because it's, and it's neither not working is for either of them. Because, like, Nani has no social life. And she's supposed to be 19, which would maybe be a sophomore in college. Although, I guess when David comes into the picture, she says that she doesn't have time for him. But at that point, if he was just part of the family, then he would be there to help take care of everything. Well, it's, it's a bit of a stretch for her dating him to him becoming part of the family. True. I think if Stitch doesn't arrive on this planet... At this time, Bubbles separates this family, and it's probably for the best. Yeah, and I, and I think that's, that's what's hard for me, because there's a lot of things where I'm like, I get what she's going through and that she doesn't want to give up living with her sister, but the fact that it's taking them so long, because even at the end where she's like kind of resigned to the fact that Lilo's going to get taken away she never there's never this discussion of except for when cobra bubbles says the maybe what's best for lilo is to be not with you it's it's never taken as that's correct right what what it is it is because i mean yes as an adult we see that as probably the correct thing but as a child this is a family unit you want that family to be together and luckily it works out in for both people in that they have a larger family I mean, it, it yes. balances the load of raising a child. Nani can have a personal life. As a child, the two that you fell in love with stay together. With David, who is the best. David's oh, a great character. Oh, a lot has been written on David, and he deserves every part of it. I love him. Before we move on so to David, chill. Mark, we mentioned the voodoo scene before. You brought it up. Our yes. listeners may not know what that is. Give context <laughs> to what the voodoo scene is, and then we'll move on to David. Um, so early on in the, this was, let's see, at the beginning we talked about how Lilo went to her dance, uh, practice, and one of the children made her mad. As they were leaving, she tried to catch up to them and make friends again and talk to them about her doll, and they all disappeared and left her by herself. So she went home brooding about it, and as Cobra Bubbles was there inspecting the home and making sure Lilo was okay... She, uh, he saw that she had a book, I don't remember exactly the title, but it was something about voodoo, um, and she had a 
I don't know how many kids friends she had, three, four, but she There's had four. a handful a handful of spoons with hair and little googly eyeballs on it that were to resemble her friends. And she dumped them in a bottle of pickles and shook it around and Bubbles gave her a weird look and she said, my friends need to be punished. Yeah, it's it's a little dark. Just a little. But it's also kind of adorable. But it It's does weird to also... me that she still considers them her friends. Well, yes, it's because she really wants them to be her friends. Like, she keeps wanting to say hi to them. And really, the only reason that they kind of reject her is that she doesn't have the right toys. And yes, she's a little weird. She has strange ideas that they don't cotton to. But yeah, she can't afford a Barbie doll, and so she makes her own. But her friends think that's even stranger. I think it was less the weird doll. I think it was more the thing she described as its head too big because bugs have laid eggs in its ear. And that's when they're like, <laughs> oh, nope, we're not dealing with this today. Yeah, there, there is that. I mean, she's just trying to creatively justify why her doll looks the way that she's made it. I, I do think it's really funny because one of the things I wrote down is her not friend. The other small children in the area are like, they're almost the the 90s requirement of like we've hit the, the, the all the colors of the rainbow with these children. You have the blonde, you have the redhead, you have the light brunette, you have the dark brunette. They're all equally tan because they all live in Hawaii. But I think it's funny because in that first scene where they're hula dancing, they're all distinct little girls. Like they all are have kind of the same face shape because everyone does in this movie. But then all of the adult hula dancers are identical. Yes. They're yeah. the exact same. And I think it's really funny in comparison to the little girls all being distinctly different. <laughs> you just have a like quince in the background. <laughs> oh, another Disney property. Uh, though, oh, hey, I did quince. Watch them. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about David because oh, he I love is him. the best. To give context, David is kind of like um, a tribal fire dancer uh, who works at the nightclub that Nani He's works not at. Very good. He's not very good. He he burns the stage when we see him, I and mean, he has a line about, "I only burned the stage this time." Yeah, it's implied he sets him. Well, he, it's implied that normally he sets himself on fire right. and not the stage. So he has asked Nani out a bunch. Uh, which we learn isn't too strange because in Nani's diary she has written that she likes his butt. So there's and definitely something hair. there. You can't forget the fancy hair. Also, I believe when she's talking on the phone in her house later in the film, she is talking to David. She so is. they definitely have a close relationship. It's it's implied they want to date, she just Yeah, she can't. just doesn't have time because she's trying to raise a child, which is a legitimate excuse. But he is continually great to the entire family. Uh, like, he sees them on the beach after they both had a really rough day and haven't achieved the goals they set out to do, and decides, you know what? I'm gonna take you surfing. I'm gonna take your mind off of this, and we're gonna have a great time. He's, he's great, and he's chill, and he's, but I like, I like the fact that in that scene where she's talking about reading the diary, it's, she likes your butt and your fancy hair, and the thing he focuses in on is, he like, she thinks my hair is fancy, doesn't care about the butt <laughs> thing, it's just the hair. <laughs> Oh, and at the end, when when everyone's crash landed in the ship and he's just there surfing and he just kind of rolls with it and is just like, yeah, I'll take you back to shore. Sure. I'll have to be two trips, though. <laughs> I want to yes. know how he got like oh, yeah. um, some of them on 
The large one. Jumbo was on it. Jum- well, Jumbo, but the other guy. Uh, oh, uh, Gantu. Gantu was there, Gantu like, yes. 20 feet tall. Yeah, he is enormous. Maybe he's, like, the opposite of Stitch, where Stitch is really, really small and really dense. Maybe Gantu is, well, because he's kind of like a shark He basically face. looks like yeah. a shark. <laughs> so maybe he's like a shark elephant, is what he <laughs> yes. yes. And both Nailed of those it. things can, I mean, elephants can kind of swim, so maybe he can swim. Maybe he's, the water's just not deep enough that he can just stand on <laughs> <laughs> oh no that can't be true because when they go surfing with david they're like 10 feet from the shore and yet lilo and stitch get knocked off and they have apparently like a hundred foot drop into the sea apparently this is a steep drop off of a beach where normally beaches are much more gradual as they go down it matters well normally there that's are what they cliffs pick for be- underwater there can be normally the beaches they designate to be like real swimming beaches, they don't have drop-offs. There are, in some places, a lot of drop-offs. Though, Mark, you mentioned a book that Leela was reading on voodoo. We also see some other books in her room uh, when Stitch is going through them. So let me see if I can find them real quick. I made sure to jot them down. Ah, so the one he lands on is The Ugly Duckling, which is a great parallel to his story and something that really touched it's my not heart. Really. No, well, not, they really interpret that story wrong. Yes, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, but uh, the three books that he pulls out before this are Oyster Farming, Is It For You? <laughs> Fire yes. Eating, For Fun and Profit. And Maybe she my favorite. That for David. Roadmaps of Iowa. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Why is that they, important in Hawaii? I wonder if they put that in because they talked about when they were originally planning this movie, and it might be just me extrapolating to a way that I shouldn't. But originally, this movie wasn't supposed to be set in Hawaii. It was supposed to be set in like the middle of nowhere, the Midwest. It was supposed to be in like Nebraska, Kansas, Iowa, something like that. So maybe that's a callback to the fact that they were going to put it in the Midwest. Maybe. I think Hawaii was the right choice for this yeah. because you. You have uh it's a type of culture that they've explored in some other films uh this one was kind of light didn't go into like the tribal um tribal stories much but you definitely see a lot of the culture and it's done very well and, and they had um the actress who played nani who i know from being in um means world <laughs> oh right and um the guy who played david both helped rewrite their lines so that the slang was more correct and so it didn't sound like hello in group, let me talk in your slang. And then come across as like, hello, uh, young people, I speak slang language to make it sound so. So I have a story on this. Doesn't relate to the film, but does relate to slang. When I was living in Taiwan for eight months, we went to a bookstore where they had a book on American slang. <laughs> and it was all outdated and wrong. Uh, uh, the only line I remember from it was action stations that hoochie is checking you out (laughs) why didn't you buy it (laughs) (laughs) because i could already speak english um no but i just love the idea of terrible slang no but i think i think creatively i think switching to hawaii but was great i think and i think it fulfills the same thing that putting it in the midwest would have it keeps him in one spot and if he can't swim it means he's never gonna leave the island to go destroy something else yes But it had the being isolated, being not around big cities, being in the middle of nowhere. Hawaii adds the thing of being an 
island, so it makes it even more closed off. But but that general idea that started with being in Nebraska or Kansas or in the Midwest is just kind of extended by being in Hawaii. Right, because in a, a separate movie, he lands like somewhere near New York and destroys the city. He's kind of a Godzilla character. In fact, we see him build a scale model of San Francisco and yeah, destroy she's really it. impressed. Well, yeah, it's really well done for like it five is. seconds of effort. Uh, but yeah, it works very well isolating him in this way, and the story definitely points this out, where it forces him to question who he is, and he finds the Ugly Duckling book, where in this version of the Ugly Duckling, thank you, the duckling is lost and doesn't know where his family is, what family he fits into. Uh, it's probably closer to Are You My Mother than it is The Ugly Duckling. Uh, but he says, I'm lost, his family finds him, and he goes home. It's a happy ending. So Stitch wants to find his family, thinking that they're somewhere out there, and then he learns that he's just a one-off and has no family. And, and actually, in the original Ugly Duckling, it wouldn't work very well, because... In some ways, you could interpret that as being adoption is bad because you will always be different. Oh, I like that there's a lot of reused words in this movie that are reused by characters that shouldn't have any connection to each other, which I think is funny. Abomination gets used quite often. Oh, right. Stitch is described as an abomination. Lilo describes herself as an abomination if she was to feed Pudge tuna. Yes. Another parallel between the two characters. Multiple characters use the term stupid head? Yes. <laughs> Leakley uses it when talking about, oh, you can't destroy Earth because of the mosquitoes. He's like, no, stupid head. And uh, Nani uses it later. Well, and then and then Stitch says it later oh, about yeah, Gantu, which I thought he learned it from Nani, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And presumably Pleakley has learned it from Earthlings. I think <laughs> it's it's their way of cursing in a children's film. I well, well, Stitch, they just have him say nonsense because there's what. Well, the first time he says something and it's too bad to repeat and makes the robot throw up. Yes, it's <laughs> yeah. something uber vulgar. And then later he says something that makes uh, Jumba say something about you leave my mom out of Yes. <laughs> uh, though you talk about the scene where he says the vulgar thing and I had forgotten that they were originally only going to put uh, Jumba into jail where Stitch, they realized that he was kind of an abomination, but he also had the right to live. And they just asked him to prove that he, you know, understood what they were trying to do. And they, if they knew that he was going to try to do good things with his life, they would have let him go. But he says the most vulgar thing he can say, and they realize, oh, he was just bred for destruction. That's all he's capable of. He needs to be exiled on a planet. I think if you say something so bad a robot throws up, you have, you've crossed some sort of line. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, is that brings up the point of, or, well, maybe I shouldn't skip to the end yet, but that's what convinces them later that he may be reformed because they're having a conversation and he pipes up in the middle of it and then she suddenly is like, oh, wait, you're paying attention and you're not destroying things and making fun of us he asked he asked politely if he could say goodbye yes oh god <laughs> so sad. it's one of the many scenes that like punches you in the gut of your heart oh yes. I, have, I just have a, a note that just says did that guy think that the dog would pass the ball and it's when they're on the beach and 
Yes, yes. And he gets hit with the, like, volleyball, and the guy's like, hey, buddy, pass that back to me. And I'm like, did that guy really think this blue creature is going to pass the ball back? He did. <laughs> he did, yeah. apparently. Kind of. Yeah, and he didn't he question just it, it, probably because he face. got a concussion afterwards. Because <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's definitely not directing it at Lilo. He is directing it at Stitch, <laughs> and he's just like, hello, thing that looks kind of like a dog. Will you pass me that ball? Well, it goes to how dumb everyone around Stitch is, because he is constantly standing on his hind quarters, uh, and I think that maybe gives it uh, some uh, validity here. Where maybe the guy playing volleyball thought it was some weird kid in a costume. He also attempts to seduce an old lady. Well, yes. not not on Lilo his own told accord. Him to. He is instructed no. in the ways of love from possibly a nine-year-old. And I do, I have another, what did I have? Oh, my thing about that was during the Elvis montage, things just keep getting worse. They got Nani in trouble at two different places before they go to the romance scene scene and because it, it the grocery the coffee shop the hotel and then the beach is that the four uh I, well maybe the grocery was also kind of like a um uh, planting place a garden the old lady the old, the old lady yeah yes. the old deaf lady then it was the coffee shop then it was the hotel and then it was the beach yeah i don't know why nani kept taking lilo with her well my question was why did the last one she does is like this huge thing where she's teaching him like to be like full elvis when it it failed so many times. Why wasn't immediately her thought like, maybe we should start smaller? No, she's like, bigger, no, no, no. go bigger, no, go no. bigger. Because Elvis was the one thing he was connecting with. But like, instead of being like, well, these, you kind of made progress, but you lose it at the end. Maybe we should start like real, real small on the Elvis learning, not go like, well, you failed three times. Let's do full concert. Let's, <laughs> let's baby steps it. Nope. Let's not baby steps it. Let's destroy a beach and make it so that one guy will never get his ice cream cone. <laughs> oh, that guy's shows up oh, a lot. Yes. Multiple times he loses his ice cream. It's at least three or four times. And he will never get his ice cream. And no, it like I, mint thought, chip. I thought the movie would end with him enjoying his ice cream. Right? It should no, have. No, he gets no vindication. Poor man. And it looked like mint chocolate chip good too, which Aww. is delicious. Well, why don't we head towards the end? Wait, I have one more thing before that. Okay, go, go, go. This seems to happen every time we try to go to the end. Sarah has one more thing. Sorry. Thank no, you, Columbo. This is the, thing. the use of the word Ohana. Oh, I did want to talk about this. This is the thing that I, I forgot. I will say, because it's Ohana means family. Family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. I think it is only used once in a proper way. Every other time it is used to guilt trip someone. Yes. Because the yeah. first time, like, one of the times it's used is, like, they're going to take the non-dog back. And she's like, but it's been here. It's it's Ohana now. And I'm like, don't let your sister guilt trip you into keeping a terrible dog. Take the dog back. And it's, Stitch uses it later in the same way, right? He, like, guilt trips her. And it's just like, Jesus Louise, guys. Says the girl with the misbehaving dog. <laughs> I, I was not going to bring it up. But <laughs> oh, no. I do have one of my notes is the fact that Stitch reminds me of my dog because she has big eyes, big ears, and causes a lot of disruption. Oh, well, and as long as you're talking about the looks of Stitch, there is a point where um, 
Jumba says, Oh, I wanted to make you, I fashioned you to look like myself, but that never happened or something. And I had never really thought, but if you look at like their facial structure, it is pretty similar other than the fact that Jumba has four eyes, but, (laughs) but like the giant eyebrow thing around their eyes Mm -hmm. is basically the same proportion to their head. The point that I wanted to get to before we move too far away from it, the saying uh, that you brought up, Ohana means family, family family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. The reason this comes up so much is it's something that their father taught them before he passed in the car accident, presumably. But if those were better days where they are just raising children, why did this phrase come up so often? Because it's about, like, leaving... It would only come up if you were about to leave someone behind or forget them. Maybe their parents said it every time they went on vacation. (laughs) No, no, children, we'll be back. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is, like, that was, uh, this was not their first funeral when their parents passed. I could see it coming up in that context as to why you would need to do all this for someone who just passed. I don't know. Also, I got why, is, either. why is Jumbo Russian? Why, yeah, does any there's mo- <laughs> why does any of this movie happen? Yeah, how does he know English? Because he talks to Nani. And only Stitch talks that weird alien language. But they all understand it. Uh, well, the aliens do. Yes, I can't yes. say Lilo or Nani do. I don't know why any of this works. It just- all right, let's space, go on to the third space act. magic. So uh, there is a beautiful scene here where Nani, uh, no, David stops by the house explaining that he has found Nani a job. She tells Lilo, just stay in the house five minutes, I'll be right back. And of course, in this five minutes, the house explodes. This scene does have one of my favorite lines that my sister and I quoted for a very long time afterwards, which is, oh no, it's okay now, my dog found the chainsaw. (laughs) (laughs) While she's on the phone with Cobra Bubbles. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's, it's very, very good. Also, in this scene, Stitch throws a Volkswagen Beetle car at the guy and says, punch buggy, but it's never explained how he learned that phrase. That's true. Or what it means. Yeah, though I had a note here that Joomba catches a bug twice in the face. Oh, yes. Big bug. Yes. Got it. Tricky fish, tricky fish. Sorry, that was from an earlier scene. <laughs> so, yeah, so the house explodes. Uh, Bubbles comes, find the house exploded. It's the final red flag after a very long series of red flags. At that point, don't take her and find her foster parents. If if it turns out there wasn't actually aliens, if there was any other social work, that child is getting stuck in a hospital. And that was one thing that confused me, right? Because Bubbles was former CIA. He had been involved with the aliens previously because the leader of the Galactic Federation lady recognized him. When Lilo called him and said, hey, there are aliens attacking my house, and he shows up there and says, oh, here's this crazy kid making up stories. I'm going to take her away from you. Wouldn't he kind of assume something is up? Well, I think he has two duties here. One is as a social worker, (laughs) and he should definitely take her. The other is probably an interest in aliens still, so he might snoop around, but the more vital duty is to protect the child. I suppose. Get her away from that dog, who's obviously an alien. (laughs) Maybe that's why he's so insistent on getting her out of that house, because he, like, it was bad before, but now they have an alien dog. This this needs to end. (laughs) Yeah, so, one of the scenes 
that nearly made me tear up is the very next scene where they're they're fighting. What's his name? Not Jumba Guntu. Gunta Gunta. Gantu. <laughs> Gantu. <laughs> uh, where Gantu uh, comes and captures them both because they're standing right next to each other. They he puts him in a tube and he flies off and Stitch escapes, but Lilo can't. And that is very upsetting to me that the kid would be abducted on her own and alone through no fault of her own. It is very sad. And and the fact that it later ties into the scene with Nani and she's like, get her back. Right. Oh, I, I when, when, when you were saying the next scene, I guess what I thought you were going to talk about was Lilo pushing Stitch away and yelling at him because he's one of them, which that was more sad, upsetting to me than her getting taken in the spaceship. But Oh, interesting. Yeah, that, that whole period of scenes is kind of one sad thing after another. Uh, it works out very well as kind of an emotional roller coaster where by design it really lowers your emotions with these very sad scenes so that it can rectify them and, like, make you jubilant when they go and save the girl. So we get the scene here where, as you said, Nani is pleading with these guys who have just captured Stitch, which was their sole mission, that they need to get Lilo back. And it is upsetting to listen to because Lilo is her sole family in the world and she's just lost her twice. Oh, it is. Like, she's in such a stressed out situation that the fact that, like, the fact that aliens kidnapped her sister, like, is not really registering. It's just that her sister got kidnapped because she is full out yelling at the aliens and there's never this moment of, this is really weird. This is, this is like, my mind must have fractured and I must be having a meltdown. She's just like, nope, we're getting the sister back. We'll <laughs> figure out the aliens later. Oh, uh, but when they team up and they get back into the spaceship, like, my heart swells. Yes. I was so excited for this to happen and it works because they've designed these characters. They've given them depth and seeing them all come together at the end to be on the same team is very rewarding. The, th the only thing I can compare it to is Tarzan, which you just watched, where they kind of come together, but they haven't built the relationships, where this film does that a lot better. Now, we won't get into Tarzan. We've talked about that <laughs> enough. Yeah, but bring that up again. Yes, the, the, please. The scene where um, Gantu... Yes, <laughs> Gantu is flying with Lilo, and the the fin of the red ship is slowly coming up out of the clouds like a shark fin to follow them. Oh man, it just got me so very excited. I don't understand. I mean, yeah, I that I agree. That part is like the part that gets your blood pumping, but it's weird to me that it's the wing of the, their ship, and then they turn sideways. Why wouldn't you just be flying? the correct way all the way up there who knows because it's cool but Space yeah magic. it does it does mean that they have to fly up when turned 90 degrees from normal flying height Anywho. I was but it, it sets up this fantastic scene where stitch is trying to get back to the the ship with lilo on it and he fails time and time again uh like one he jumps out of the plane without a parachute and lands on it 
He's then cast off, and so he decides to drive an oil truck into an active volcano so that the explosion will launch him back up onto the ship. Of course, we've already know that he's fireproof, so it won't hurt him at all, but... <laughs> yeah, he's also fairly indestructible, given that when he falls off the ship one of the time, he lands on a mountain, bounces, lands on another mountain, bounces, and lands on the highway, uh, which would kill, like, literally anything else. But he finds his frog friend again. He yes. does find his frog friend. And it was established that he was unconscious after falling and bouncing off of volcanoes. I have found this <laughs> in... This is the third movie where this has come up, where the frog friend always appears just before something really dangerous happens to one of the main characters. Because it okay. came up in Land Before Time. It's a frog that leads them away before oh, Mama dies. True. Uh, it comes up in Tarzan. A frog is what leads the baby monkey away before he's killed by the leopard. And now the frog comes up as he approaches Earth just before he is hit by a semi in the beginning of the movie. Frogs are an omen. But I do love the scene of him, like, threatening the frog with the, the phaser gun. We Well, yeah. Though when the truck so hits him... The phaser guns, the four that he is holding, are just there on the ground. Somebody on Earth has those, right? The frog has them. <gasps> <laughs> but the very end, the thing that saves them and saves Stitch is the adoption thing. Because they say that the aliens are very, very rule-bound. And so the only way to do it is by having a rule that would overcome the other rule, basically. My question is, she's been carrying that around the whole time. They fall into the water and do some other stuff. How did that paper survive being in her pocket? That paper is the real here. Like, it is as indestructible as stitches. You're right. I had the same idea that she had it in her dress, meaning that she had it for... Since she got it in the beginning of the film. But yeah, I did like the idea that this alien council is so strict on rules. They can't overturn a rule that already exists, but they also can't break a rule on earth even though they think they, that we're they already all wanted to because once once they realized that stitch was a sentient being and understood what was going on and they saw he was good they all felt bad about having to take him but they couldn't break the rule but they so couldn't do anything about it until lilo had a reason for them to break their own rules yeah and i think bubbles was rooting for them because he's the one that points it out to Lilo that she has paperwork that will rectify this situation. I don't think, I don't think Bubbles is always on their side. And sometimes being on their side means finally being the one to like say some really hard, like horrible things. But sometimes it's just being a big old softy. Oh. Like in the end <laughs> when he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt and helping build the house. Oh gosh. Yeah, that. So the movie ends with this long montage of their life now with this new alien family with and, Bubbles visiting occasionally. And Nani is totally dating David now. Yes. Oh, and it was just another time where it was so rewarding to watch. Because you watch both Lilo and Stitch perform the dance that they were practicing before. You see them have Christmas where uh, Jumba is dressed up like Santa Claus and he has built Lilo and Stitch little flying cars. Which are adorable and it's just is weird in that it took these characters to come for the family to be okay but them together as a family is just so heartwarming i'm just glad david and nani finally ended up together because it's one of those things like you want her to be able to not have to be the parent you want her to be able to just be the sister again 
where she can be a 19 year old and have a boyfriend and hang out and do stuff. And in the end, she has other people helping her. And, and it seems like throughout the pictures that, that Bubbles comes back and checks on them and hangs out sometimes. He helped build the house. Well, and he's required to because the right. Galactic Federation is going to come back true. and check on them. Although he's not really in the CIA anymore, so I don't know how that... He's still got connections. He, he seems like he's, like, passively retired. Like, I, I, in a lot of things, they talk about you're never fully retired from the CIA. <laughs> uh, though the most rewarding thing for me is you, you have to sit through the credits where in the background you see, like, photos of their new life. Uh, it was previously established that Lilo's prized possession is the sole picture that she has of her family as it was before the accident. And during the explosion of the house, this picture gets scorched in certain areas. All the family members are still there. It's kind of the two corners that get scorched. The very final scene is it's this photo overlaid with a picture of Stitch so that they are now part of the the picture together and Stitch is really a part of the family. I will say I have that picture pulled up now. Her The parents dying must not have been too far in the past because if you look at the picture, Lilo is definitely barely younger. She looks pretty close to the same age. Uh, the only so note I, I had of it is it was, it was kind of Photoshop before Photoshop. This is yeah. how you had to edit pictures. Explode one and put it over top another. But <laughs> I think that covers it for long yeah. form. Now my only other, my yeah, other, other note that I didn't say anything was about, I did keep saying it, was the tricky fish, tricky fish one. <laughs> when they come out of the ocean and Fleekly just has this whole, like, montage about sea life and he's going on about, like, oh, this is terrible, this is terrible, and, and he's, he's like, it's not a dolphin, it's a shark. You think it looks like a dolphin, but it's not. Tricky fish, tricky fish, octopus is worse. <laughs> And I don't know why that whole... My favorite part was when he discovered a mosquito and was so overjoyed that the mosquito had chosen him to feed upon. And apparently he's very attractive to mosquitoes because soon he has an entire swarm and he realizes why humans hate them so gosh darn much. It's interesting to me is that they they all went to him and none to Jumba then. Yeah, well, there is a real thing where if you eat bananas, you are more attractive to mosquitoes. You emit a certain smell to them, I guess. Uh, So I wonder if this alien race is just very attractive to mosquitoes. He smells like bananas. Before we go on to games, we have a very special segment uh, that was recommended by my girlfriend, which is we are all going to try out uh, a Stitch impression. So this was not approved by Mark. Too bad. <laughs> so um, what I'd like for you guys to do is to look up a video. We're going to pause the podcast here, so to speak. Don't pause your recordings. I'll cut the rest out. And then we're going to review it and then we'll go. So guys, look up some videos, listen to it a couple of times. And then when you are ready, try your best impression. All right. I, I'm going to try my, uh, let's see. I need to start this the right place. And I'm going to try my impression here. This is my family. I found it all on my own. It is little and broken. But still good. Yes, still good. Alright, that is my attempt at a Stitch voice. I... Perfect! That's no, going in. No, it's bad. going in! Here is Mark's attempt at a Stitch voice. Ohana means family. That's not bad. It's way better than mine. Yeah. 
I think it's on par with mine, which was also not bad, if not worse. <laughs> I think I don't remember, who voiced Stitch. Was it a was it a male voice? It was a man. It was yes. Guy. So yeah. so that would make sense why yours isn't as good. <laughs> Me or Carl? Yours Me, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's go on to games. Hooray! <laughs> Our first game is the pitch game. It's, if you're trying to describe it to a Hollywood producer or someone who's never seen it, uh, we're describing the film in terms of other films or properties or stores, because we've done Radio Shack before, uh, in the form, it's this meets this. I always forget that you make up these rules as we go, so I always pick movies because Mark. I forget that you do this. Mark, the entire podcast is made up. It's basically like, uh, whose line is it anyway? Yeah, the points don't matter. Um, so my first one is based on how I thought about uh, Gantu's character, plus it's a lot of misfit aliens. I had Les Mis meets Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> nice. Can't wait I mean, Gantu's okay. Javert, right? Gantu oh. is definitely Javert. Mm, he's like, I must hunt this oh, creature well, down. Yeah, and Javert life. is more redeemable, because he's not a straight villain. I didn't think nah, Gantu was a straight villain either. He's not a villain. Either. He's doing his job. He he's thinks just a that corporate Stitch cog. is an abomination yes, to nature. Yes, but he's also, as Stitch embarrasses him, which I think plays into that a little bit. So maybe he is Javert. I don't know. Mark, go ahead. <laughs> Okay, <clears throat> so we have an alien trying to find his family. Don't give me that face. I I'm going to you steal, steal yours right mind. away. Yeah. And <laughs> might steal mine too. We also have something that was created to to be, uh, what's the word? Created to destroy and ended up learning to be good in the end. Oh, I think I know what this is. So I have E.T. and Short Circuit. Oh. That was not my guess. Yeah, that's... That's very good. I also have one of those. Uh, this one I don't think needs much explanation, uh, so I didn't write anything else for it. So I just put it as E.T. meets How to Train Your Dragon. Ah, you. <laughs> you stole one of my other ones. Ha ha, I got tell. you back. <laughs> okay, so part of this is based on just part of that last fight in the house where it's a lot of nonsense, plus slightly weird children, plus the one Mark's already said. So it's Home Alone meets E.T. Mm. I figured we would all have that one. That's yes. why I said it first. <laughs> yeah, but the whole fight in the house felt very Home Alone. They're, they're like, grab what we have, make yeah. some traps. Oh, yeah, they even have like that operation scene where they fix the doll into a bomb. Well, and then yeah. Jumba throws something at them, and it's like a tube of toothpaste with a comb yeah. and a toothbrush oh, yeah. stuck to this, it. It's the alien equivalent of a Swiss Army knife. I guess. Yeah like the camping swiss army knife okay so again we have the evil creature from space but who is also cute and fluffy so it's alien meets my dog skip oh that's adorable <laughs> all right i have a classic hawaiian culture with a supernatural slash sci-fi twist uh and an, a film with an african-american man in a suit and shades using his previous knowledge of alien races to help people uh -huh. it is moana meets men in black 2 Okay. <laughs> Mine is no a movie comments. that has a huge scene involving a alien global council and a child 
finding a companion in something weird from space. So it's Star Wars Episode One meets the Iron Giant. Oh, God, that film. Don't cry. There's a lot of those animated movies that are like kids movies, but they're really sad. Get it together, Vin Diesel. God damn it, Vin Diesel. Stop talking about family. Uh, So again, I... Uh, Carl stole my third one, one of my third ones, um, but <laughs> yes. So we have a cute and fluffy pet who can talk to the people. So it is how to train your dragon and look who's talking now. <laughs> nice. Oh God, that horrible, horrible film. <laughs> uh, let's see. So. Since this is a property with a single-eyed character traveling the stars and a super smart small creature mistaken for a pet, but later we find out he can talk, uh, and a movie with a lot of Elvis in a tropical setting, this is Futurama meets Blue Hawaii. Mm Blue Hawaii? Starring Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. Although when you said something about uh, thinks it's a dog, but then figures out it can talk, reminds me of a Teen Titans episode where Beast Boy gets like adopted oh so let's go on to our second game which is alternate taglines so something you would see on a movie poster for the film that kind of describes the theme of the film but intentionally misses the point all right there are four actual taglines for this uh some better than others uh the one that i don't get at all maybe it had a certain movie poster to go along with it is just, it's Lilo and Stitch. His name is Stitch. That's the entire thing. There's another one which makes sense if you see the movie poster because, as you guys mentioned in the pre-show, the advertising for this was putting Stitch in a bunch of other Disney properties. So the movie poster is Stitch sitting down with a bunch of other Disney characters kind of crowding around in the background, kind of giving him the stink eye. If you want to see Aladdin making a really rude face, you should check out uh, this poster. So the tagline for this would be, there's one in every family. Except except if you go to the sequels. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there's actually... Actually... 625 others. Yes. Uh, but the others are very simple. They're just meet Stitch this summer. He's coming to our planet. And the last one, Lilo and Stitch, he's coming to our galaxy. So, Sarah, oh, no. why don't you start us off on this one? What do oh, you no. have? What is Lilo and Stitch? Did you copy one of theirs? <laughs> no, I can't read what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll do the second one and then I'll try to figure out what this one says. <laughs> uh, Lilo and Stitch. This summer's family guilt trip. Yes. <laughs> There's so many guilt trips in this movie. Oh, for sure. I had <laughs> Lilo and Stitch save the mosquitoes. <laughs> uh, I had Lilo and Stitch. Two worlds, one family. That is what not family? from this movie. But it applies! (laughs) Also, it probably would have worked because you could just have an angry Tarzan in the background. You kind of could. I legitimately cannot figure out. I'm going to prep you guys. Uh, My next one, super bad, but I'm going to do it anyway. Are you going to use your Stitch voice? No, I I couldn't (laughs) do this. It says protecting conflicts child edition, but I don't think that's what I meant to write. What? (laughs) I remember it being like 
it was <laughs> whatever I actually wrote was supposed to be something like a something for dummies. Were you watching this at two in the morning again? <laughs> no, I wasn't. It was like three in the afternoon. <laughs> but I was writing really fast. I can't. I don't. I don't even know. So, okay. Well, I'll just do mine then. Uh, again, it doesn't really miss the point of the movie, but Lilo and Stitch, Luau's surfing and aliens. Oh, my. Ah, I like what you did there. Maybe so, if I ever come up with what it is, I'll stick it on the Facebook. <laughs> there you go. Uh, post it to Twitter. We need more followers. Oh, jeez, Louise. Uh, so, this one also doesn't really miss the point, and it's too long for an actual tagline and genuinely terrible. But here we go. Lilo and Stitch. <clears throat> he pretends to be a weird dog, lying for his needs. She's a bit of a weird kid. Dying for buddies. Together they'll try to form a family, but there ain't no guarantees. Oh, it's so questionable. It's real bad. Yeah. Mark died. I told I, you. I, I can't even. So, going on. <laughs> yeah, Sarah, do you have one more? Or is that... Or no, is the one more is the one you can't read? I can't. Uh... I can tell it says children's edition. I don't know what the first two words are supposed to be. <laughs> Law Whatever and they order. are, they are not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. So the last one I had was Lilo and Stitch. Ohana means family. Family means loving and hating each other all at the same time. That is accurate. Yes. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to our final game, which is the TV Guide game. So it's a description of the plot of the film that you would find in like a TV guide or a Netflix description where it is technically accurate but kind of misses the point. So, Sarah, what is Lilo and Stitch? Younger sister completely destroys siblings' chances at getting a date. <laughs> nice. Oh, am I next? Lilo and Stitch follows the story of a man trying desperately to eat his ice cream in peace on the beach. And he would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for a meddling kid and her little dog, too. Oh, I love it! Ah, uh, frick. Well... Ice cream man <laughs> is best character. Well, you're gonna love this one, too, I hope. Uh, so Lilo and Stitch is the story of a heavily sunburnt, overweight man never being able to enjoy his, I thought it was, pistachio ice cream, <laughs> due mostly to his own incompetence, but occasionally because of alien intervention. Ah. I think it was mint chocolate chip. Fair enough. Uh, that's, this is twice in this this episode yeah, that, that we you've are... stolen my things. <laughs> I, all right, I'm so glad last... I'm going first this time. My last one is a story of how a 19-year-old is not the best guardian, even without alien intervention. Hmm. Maybe I'll I'll steal your other one here. That would be great. I, oh, yeah. That'd be great. Former CIA agent turned social worker fends off a hostile alien adoption attempt by exposing the most sacred of untold laws. Aliens are all about rules. I did not steal my last one, which is aliens descend on a small island in the Pacific, wreaking havoc on a family still recovering from a major personal loss. The younger sibling gets the worst of it, as she is pushed around, used as a hostage and shield, nearly drowned, and has her house blown up. Eventually she is abducted, all due to her association with the alien born to destroy. Hooray! I like the creepy voice. Yeah, I like the idea of trying to make Disney movies horror films, but... It, it, 
it, it has happened. Let's go on to our ratings. Now, our first rating scale is more of an emotional scale by which we tell you what you will feel when you see this film uh, in terms of our personal relationships with potatoes. So, uh, why don't I... I... so many relationships with potatoes. I know. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go first here. So, so I don't steal yours. Are well, it's going to be a lot of repeats. These potatoes always are, uh, but I. There's only so many potatoes in the world. That's true. We need to use russet somewhere. Have we used russet at all? I don't think so. Yeah. But I thought this movie had some very. We also haven't used fingerling. I'm doing a thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I thought this movie had very dark <laughs> moments, and there are parts where it makes you have all of the feels on these characters you have bonds with having terrible things happen to them. Uh, and so my rating is going to be black potatoes, which is kind of dark material, and also blue potatoes, uh, which it makes you feel quite sad. Interesting. I had, I did have black potatoes too, because there was a lot of like the issues I had with it were things that, oh, it's just like a conflict thing. But as an adult, I'm like, no, this is like bad on so many levels. And this is a really like falling apart, broken family. And so I had black potatoes, but I also, I think maybe I'd do mashed potatoes because it was just very heartwarming to me. That's fair. I'd like to append mine to put mashed potatoes on there as well. I'm not looking at the <laughs> scale. Carl your just potatoes wants, are an Carl just I, wants all potatoes the potatoes are an at abomination. once. Yes, your potatoes are an abomination. <laughs> you can't have all of the potatoes, Carl. I put three Potato together. Water. I've done it before. Last time I made, pota I made potatoes into fries. I had bruised... Black and blue, some sort of fries. Oh, we also don't have potato salad, which for me would be Ooh. disgusting. Oh, all right. Slap it on there. Mark, what do you got? I am going to also go along with the mashed potatoes. Very, There was had its heartwarming moments and, and about the family getting back together and adopting Stitch and how he turned out to be good. I, I don't... You guys both used the black potatoes, which I don't know if I agree with that. Like, the, it had its darker moments, but I wouldn't call it a dark movie, necessarily. For me, it was just moments that, as a child, I didn't think were, and as an adult looking back on it, I'm like, oh, no, this was bad. Yeah, there were definitely things that were more emotional, I think, as an adult than I would have seen when I was younger. For me, the Black Potatoes related to all of Lilo's red flags. Like, she has some very troubling behavior. Um, anyway, I think this may be... When it came out, it was not one of my favorite movies, but having rewatched it, it's a lot better than I remember it being, actually. So I was going to put it in the Five Guys Fries category almost, which is one of the best potatoes you could ever have, according to our list. So I was going to put it somewhere between mashed potatoes and Five Guys Fries. Okay. I think we've done this in the past where if you're imagining it, it'd be a bowl of mashed potatoes with fries sticking out of it, which is <laughs> disgusting to eat but a really weird rating. I have dipped, friend, well, potato wedges into mashed potatoes before, so. What? Mainly because I You're an abomination. Oh. It was KFC. We need that to gravy. totally add Wendy's fries dipped in Frosties to this Ooh. list. <laughs> okay, figure out what that means and we will. I know. <laughs> I added a couple. I have... <laughs> Now I'm just hungry. Yes. Why don't we close it out then with our second Can rating? <laughs> yes, please. 
So, our second scale is a scale from 0 to 10 on the rewatchability of the film, 0 being never watch this ever again, burn all copies, 10 is definitely give it a rewatch, it'll be worth your time, uh, and I think other scales I've described it as, you put it on a gold record and shoot it into space, so that Stitch could eventually see it. Uh, so, what did you maybe guys that's think? that's how they learned English! Oh, maybe, because that they is out there. The, the Discovery, I think is the thing? Yeah! Uh, anyway. What did you guys find? What did you give this on a rating from 0 to 10? I gave it a 9. All right. Any reasoning? It's good. I loved it. <laughs> Mark, what did you think? Uh, I agree. 9. Oh, okay. I'm a shock. Yeah. I couldn't really find fault with the film. Yes, <gasps> Is there... it going into space? I think it's going into space for me because A, it's enjoyable to watch. B, it takes you on an emotional roller coaster ride that delivers. Like, all the songs in it are phenomenal because they're oh, traditional, Hawaiian like, Hawaiian songs. Yeah, yeah I, exactly. I That's what I was going to say when he did that. <laughs> yeah. Like, all the music is great, the characters are well designed, you are on an emotional course with them, and yes, there's some things in the plot where maybe they wouldn't think this way, like when Stitch convinces Joomba to come join the team, but I didn't really care about it. I love this film. I'm giving it a 10. Dun, 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 dun. So is that the first time we've given it a 10? No, Homeward Bound, me and Sarah gave it a 10. Yeah, I think bah. so. Anyway. Hey, don't we have to figure out what the next movie is? Mark, is it your pick? Y yes. Okay. I'm not sure I know which one I'm going to do yet, but I have like three in mind. Actually, I take that back. I have my idea. All right. So, is there a through line by which we can get a hint as to what film you're thinking of? Yes. So, it, Lilo and Stitch, there was... A creature who was created to be evil, but through interacting with the people that he met in the movie became good. Is it Short Circuit? It is not. All right, that's question one. Um, <laughs> is it animated? It is not. Is it Disney? No. Is it on our list? Is that a question? No. <laughs> um, was this creature made to be a weapon? Yes. And it's <laughs> and it's the main character? Uh I had a real bad guess. Yes. <laughs> I I want to say yes, but I don't think it actually is. My really terrible guess was Terminator 2. <laughs> that is not correct, but very close. Is it Terminator? Hooray! Is it the Terminator? It is, because Terminator 2 is actually not on our list, but the first one is. So, That's fine. So we're changing tones a lot from the Disney animated movies. Also, he doesn't become a good guy until the second one. That's true. That's also true. Well, we could but watch the I second one instead. I would agree that he's, he's not the main character, though. Right. He is not the main character. I did, that's what he, I mean, he is the titular character. That's true. But he's not the main character. All right, so what do we remember about Terminator? I will go first. I don't know if I've seen this film. I didn't see it until maybe late high school, uh, but I do. Yes. I didn't see it until I was older. I actually saw Terminator 2 and 3 before I saw the first one. Yeah, I, I remember Terminator 2. I will tell you two. that I, don't re I didn't like the first one very much after seeing oh, the other no. ones. I liked the first one, hated the second one. Really? Liked the third one. Liked the fourth one. Salvation? What? I like Salvation. Oh, is it 
Is it because of Christian Bale? No, mm. I just <laughs> like the. I think that no, it was because of Anton, and I didn't. Wait, dude. Oh, he's gone. But let's talk. Anyway, I didn't mind the tone change in the fourth one, and I think that's it's it's the same reason people had problems with the last Hunger Games. Yeah. So well. Anyway, back to the point. (laughs) Plot of the Terminator. Is it Terminator or the Terminator? The Terminator, I believe. So I thought it was just Terminator. Maybe. Uh, So basic story is I think. Oh, John Connor's not even in this one, is he? He hasn't born yet. He hasn't been conceived yet. No, yeah. yes. This is That's the, right. You, this is you just see, like, the mom maybe his and... arm? I know that Arnold goes back to kill Sarah Connor because she will birth John Connor, which is the leader and... of the Resistance, against the robots in the future. Yes. Now, is the father also a time traveler? Yes. yes. John Connor, knowing that they sent the robot back, sends a person back as well to try to protect Sarah, and that is who Kyle is. Oh, and that that is and where is also it, his dad. Yes, but Kyle doesn't. Kyle and Sarah don't know that, but John knows that. Oh, d- wow! Yes, that that <laughs> is. Uh, so he's like a, a time traveling wingman. It's more like because because it's it's kind of sad because they they bring it up kind of in Salvation because that's when John first meets Kyle. And I wish they hadn't rebooted it and because they just needed one more movie for the whole timeline to be complete. And they didn't. And it made me frustrated. But John knows going in that sending Kyle to the past leads to Kyle's death. Right. That's got to be. That's an interesting character choice and is a weird emotional tone that like he didn't know his father growing up. The only way he learns about his father is to meet him before he's had him and send him to his Mm. death so that John can be born. And one of the big themes of the Terminator is the idea of everything is inevitable. They, because the first two movies, they're trying to put off the, the, the end of the world, basically. And, and the thing is, they can't. Yes. Through their intervention, they cause it. Well, yeah, basically no matter what they do, well, they have to keep doing the things they have already done. And so he has to send Kyle back because it does end the cycle. But nothing they do in the early movies to try to push back the uprising helps. It just it pushes it back by a couple years and pushes it back by a couple years. But eventually everything that's happened will have to happen. They can't change the timeline. And so the idea that John Connors has to send Kyle back is necessary but also kind of heartbreaking and sad this movie i will say almost made me cry i it's interesting because i remember what i remember about watching the first movie is that for me like terminator 2 is most definitely an action movie where there's explosions and gunfights the original terminator to me was just a lot of boringness of people walking around talking about what might happen in the future and then trying to get away from someone and hiding in a hotel, and there wasn't actually a lot of gunfighting or anything. I liked more of the thrillery sci-fi aspect of the first one than the second one where... So, having not seen the first one, is the first one more hardcore sci-fi, where they're more into the storytelling aspects of it and building the world? And maybe the second one is more palatable to a larger audience. I've seen the first one more than I've seen the second, so I don't remember quite as much. Except they do bring the they keep bringing the doc the one guy back. 
He shows up in the, all the first three. The is it the psychiatrist? Oh wait, is this is this the one where Arnold dies in like molten lava, giving a thumbs that's, up? That's the second no, one. That's the second, second one. Because in the okay. first one, Arnold is the bad guy. Yes, yes. he's in- he actually hasn't doesn't turn good until the second one. So I guess that my right my because yes. my reasoning have- for using this film is flawed. Yeah. But so, <laughs> so John reprograms an Arnold robot in the future and sends him back. Yes. All right. Because the the type of model he is, they all look the same, and then the. In the second movie, the bad guy looks different because he's a different model. And in the third one, it looks like some blonde lady. But all of the T... T-100? T-1000. 1000. Yeah, because I think the um, lady is a T-3000, maybe. Yeah, they all look like Arnold. Yeah. Uh, and I... This we, this movie has weird rules on time travel. Like, there is that whole inevitability aspect where you can never change the past and therefore the future. There is the weird rule about being naked. Yeah, you can't travel yeah. with anything except for yourself, but we can send a machine back as long as that machine's not wearing clothes. My question <laughs> is... Well, th- well, it has to not be wearing clothes and it also has to have, like, the humanoid skin. The weird human-like skin is it the skin the... that protects them y- y- it's it's he has skin that's made out it's it's like it mimics human flesh okay or something so if i was a terrible human and had a bag of human flesh could i put clothing in said bag and take it back with me i don't remember how the wor- rules work i think i think the rule came about because they had arnold Right. It was Mr. Universe, and they're like, you know what we want? Yeah. We want his butt. <laughs> <laughs> we we want him to steal a biker's clothes who is significantly smaller than him, but don't worry about it. The clothes will definitely fit. But they just want a good shot of the back of Naked Arnold. Well, yeah. He was a real it, sex symbol in his time. At that point, that guy was, like, real buff and real tone, and he can't speak English dialogue real well, but he can be real, real muscly and naked. Yeah, which uh, they cast him before in a few things. I believe his first role was a Hercules movie where he was, they wanted to change his name to make it more palatable to American audiences, and he was credited as Arnold Strong. (laughs) And I don't know if you've ever seen Conan the Barbarian, but he, he has some pretty terrible English in that movie as well. Uh, I've actually only seen the Jason Manoa one. You are correct. It was 1970s Hercules in New York, and he was credited on, under Arnold Strong. Nailed it. Nailed it in one. And, and his accent was so thick that they dubbed his lines. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's close things and off. And his, then his next film after that, he played a deaf mute, so it didn't... <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that was by design? <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, We're going to close things off and let's get down to plugs. So, Sarah, where can people find us online? You can find us at our actual site, which is retrograding.fireside.fm. You can find us at Twitter at RetrogradingPod. And you can find us at Facebook at Retrograding Podcast. Excellent. Uh, another thing we have to cover is our music is done by Dominique Barnes. You can find her in SoundCloud under Dominique A. Barnes if you want to hear more or contact her. Now, to close things off, I forgot to do a thing, but luckily Sarah's got my back. Sarah, close us out. So, guys, I learned something today. Sometimes you want to make a pet, and sometimes that gets out of control, and you make 626 pets. So at the end of the day, remember, spay and neuter your pets. 
<laughs> Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time. During the Elvish, Elvish, Elvish <laughs> montage. Elvish, the Elvish Elvis. <laughs> when they're on the beach, and um, I will in a second. All right. Do, 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 do. No, we can't pay for that. Ready? <laughs> so Mark, Sarah went for it. I wish you told me th- about this beforehand because we talked about it before the podcast. We did. No, we talked about it like two minutes before the podcast. Well, yeah, it's because when Tori had texted me. <laughs> because this makes it seem like i'm really bad at doing character voices and i'm not and once again i have pulled up the wrong website so give me a second while i do this would you like to do plugs no because i didn't look up the thing hey don't we have to figure out what the next movie is oh shit we do (laughs) okay so before we get into this i have to read the whole thing it's Pleakley's, help, I don't like the ocean. Ah, uh, look, it's a friendly little dolphin. They helped sailors during the war. It's a shark. It's a shark and it ain't friendly. Looks like a dolphin. Tricky fish, tricky fish. Octopus, will you please help me? Oh, Octa, the octopus is worse than the shark. I hate this planet. <laughs>